In an ever-warming climate, scientists and citizens alike are eager to find new ways to mitigate and prevent the effects of warmer temperatures. Trees were once thought to be part of the solution because of their ability to use CO2 for photosynthesis and thus partly offset carbon emissions. However, a new study by UCSB researchers found that while many forests can adapt to climate change, the majority are failing to do so. I'm Joyce Chi with KCSB News, and I spoke with the study's lead author to learn more. Here's our conversation. Could you please start off by introducing yourself to our audience today? I'm a research scientist with the Earth Research Institute and Department of Geography at UCSB. My name's Greg Queeton, and I'm uh, been climate, um, how it affects the the land, biosphere, trees, and plants uh, for about the last 10 years. Thank you so much for coming to speak with us today. We're so lucky to have you. Um, we're here, of course, to talk about your recent study about the ability of forests to adapt to climate change. Tell us about how your team landed on this idea to research. Yeah, so forests are, are under pressure from climate change as the uh, atmosphere gets warmer, it also gets drier, and that demands more water from our forests and, and trees. Um, and so that has a lot of effects on the carbon cycle, on um, you know recreation in forests, on forest products. So we wanted to understand better the ability of forests, different species to acclimate and, and change in response to this, this pressure from climate change. And I know that you guys looked at the mechanisms, right, that govern tree distribution and abundance. Why is it so important to study these mechanisms in the context of climate change? Yeah, so climate change is bringing um, unique or novel climates to to these forests. So they're they're seeing um, higher CO two and they're seeing hotter temperatures than they've experienced for a, a very long time, or probably ever for any for some of these organisms. So to, to and what that future brings, we need to look at kind of the processes that govern how forests behave. And, and part of that is photosynthesis, how they gain carbon from the atmosphere. Part of that is respiration, how that carbon is, is used and then released back to the atmosphere. And then the study is uh, plant hydraulics. It's how uh, trees move water from the soil up through their trunks and branches to the leaves where the photosynthesis happens and where they, they need that water to be. And to further delve into the idea of hydraulics and hydraulic stress, in addition to the distribution and abundance of tree species, you looked into um, how leaf area also affects water stress. Could you, just to start off, what exactly are leaf area and water stress, and how do those factors affect water stress? Right, so to start with leaf area, leaf area is a a measurement of just kind of the size of the, the canopy of a tree. So uh, it looks exactly like kind of what it sounds is how many, how many leaves, how, what area of those leaves there are in a tree. And that the key of how much, um, how productive a tree is, but also how much water it needs. And so you can imagine um, as the atmosphere gets drier, the atmosphere itself is demanding water from trees. And one way trees can respond to that is by reducing the leaf area, which on the kind of tree side of things reduces the amount of water is demanded. And the important that is that the amount of water trees need to move through their trunks, it's actually being pulled through those trunks by the atmosphere. And that that creates, so the more water that gets pulled through, the more stress there is. And that, that stress is linked to, um, it's necessary to get the water to the canopy, but it's also linked to 
mortality and, and die-offs when that stress is too high. So the the change in the leaf area changes that water stress um, and can, can avoid some of the uh, drastic outcomes for the trees. And so because it leads to a greater chance of tree mortality, it's also affecting like how much carbon is stored from CO2, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so tree mortality is a, a pretty big uncertainty in the future of our, our terrestrial carbon cycle. And so you can imagine as if a tree dies, then uh, all the carbon it has stored in its trunk and leaves and um, slowly respires back to the atmosphere. And, and so we lose both the CO2 that, that's pulling out of the atmosphere, and then we actually put some back in. Uh, a dramatic way of going back to the atmosphere is when a, a dead tree burns in a fire, something like that. And can you remind us what areas or forests in the U.S. right now are experiencing the greatest rates of water stress? Yeah, so we looked across the whole U.S. So we're we're um, looking at both dry forests in the southwest uh, in California, and we're looking at kind of wetter forests in the the northeast and southeast, um, partly to better understand those those processes. So looking at these um, this diversity we've been talking about, the kind of um, traits of the trees in the southwest in California, they're actually much more drought tolerant in general, and so they are they're already used to experiencing a drier climate. And whereas in the Southeast and Northeast, these are um, trees that are a little less drought tolerant, but even in just some place like the Southwest or California, there's a range of barns and trees. One of the things we are looking at is in each of these forests is the diversity of, of traits and trees. Um, does it, does enough diversity exist so that like more, more drought tolerant trees could take the place of less drought tolerant trees in these climate change scenarios? And I think this is like a perfect transition to talk actually how your study was conducted. So what kind of methods did you use for analysis and what databases did you pull from? Right. So we're to to do this study, since we're looking into the the future where we don't have any observations, we, we built a, a model that includes this tree physiology of how it gains carbon and grows and lives and also these plant hydraulics of how um the trees experience water stress. So we, we built that model and it incorporates um, observations from the uh, US Forest Service where they actually go and measure the drought tolerance of different trees. And these were all, all put together. My my colleague, um, Professor Professor Trugman, into a gridded data set that could go into the model. And that also included the diversity of those traits. And we also include um, of things atmospheric dryness and then then modeled future scenarios that come from these large earth system models and then uh, we met have the the height of trees which is a, it's the length over which they have to move that water um, and that's measured from from space with a satellite so my, my direct colleagues and then a lot of people go work on on bringing these data sets and, and bringing them together and we couldn't do this work without all the work from the u.s forest service and uh, you know, the satellites, uh, a NASA satellite, and there's many groups that make these projections of the future for climate change. So lots of people go into this, but uh, it was interesting to work with the data. And before we get into your findings, it's I think it's worth exploring. Can you remind us how exactly forests and individual trees can actually adapt to the drier conditions brought on by climate change? Yeah, so uh, different species have... have um, kind of different tolerance to this water stress. And so so something like a tree is the 
a really tough tree so it can get very dry and still um kind of maintain its function in that that dryness whereas something like a ponderosa pine is uh, less drought tolerant and so a drier atmosphere drying out soils is going to be much more damaging to that tree and so that's one of the key rates that that is being measured this drought tolerance um, in different parts of the country and and even different species of trees in in each forest and i also read that in some places these and you touched on this previously that more drought tolerant species are sort of moving in to more affected areas right so the the part of this this change we're studying is actually different species moving into regions maybe population expanding in a region they're already in because the drought vulnerable species are, are dying off or not growing as well and these drought tolerant species are, are uh, moving into those those regions so that's that's part of the way that these things change yeah is there any downside to you know these drought vulnerable species being replaced by drought tolerant species in terms of carbon storage or biodiversity yeah so i think that'll be that is an, an uncertainty but it is it is a huge change in the composition of the forest so um drought tolerant species sometimes are are less productive than than uh more drought vulnerable species but they're they're often also very like long-lived organisms so i think there's going to be a lot of different changes um you might lose some diversity if you're if you're really killing off some of that some trees that just won't have a, a niche to live in but it's just a lot of change um so that's that's the change is the the message rather than knowing exactly how um, those forests will end up so tell us about your findings according to your models and your calculations what percentage of forests could adapt and how many actually are adapting? Yeah, so we looked, we asked um, two key questions. One is, are the traits available in a forest? And in this case, it's a region. It's kind of one of these um, grid cells of, of tens of kilometers. So are the traits available there in the different species for there to be um, a, a demographic shift towards more drought tolerance? And we found that Actually, most forests in the U.S. Um, over eighty percent have have the the species available to be drought tolerant to not experience more stress on, in the future. However, we find that when we can go and observe over these uh, repeated surveys of trees, kind of how fast those mixes of species are changing, we find that those species aren't changing fast enough to keep up with kind of the rate of change that we think um, needs to happen to to adapt to these conditions in the future, which is out at like 2100 so we're we're looking far in the future so that there could be a change in the rate of adaption um but it, it does show there's a lot of pressure on the forest to change and what are the implications of your findings and how do you hope these results will be utilized going forward yeah so i um i always think it would first off to to say that i i hope this shows that climate change is going to put a lot of pressure on our forests and so the less climate change we can have, the less CO2 we can emit, the better for forests, right? So we're looking at a scenario of, of climate change where the atmosphere is, is up to like 750 parts per million um, CO2. And currently we're a little over 400 parts per million. So the less change we have in that, that amount of CO2 in the atmosphere, the uh, better for the forests. And then the second is that these forests are dynamic systems. Um, so when we look at things like conservation or 
or interacting with our forests, we need to be thinking about what species are going to do best in the future and, and both allow and maybe help forests to change um, quickly enough, but gradually so that we don't have these like big catastrophic changes, you know, huge fires or, or big die-offs of trees um, that result in kind of uh, really bad damage to the, like the whole ecosystem, the whole forest, rather than just an individual tree. And what do the next steps look like for your research team? Yeah, so um, I'm continuing to do some work with the the model and, and these future scenarios. And then we have a, a bunch of folks in the field actually measuring these traits we've been talking about in the Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park. And part of what they're looking at is, um, is the recruitment of trees in places that have burned. So we've talked about shifting towards more drought tolerant trees. Do we actually observe more drought tolerant trees coming to those places where where there's been clearing um, and returning, like are, are we seeing this shift towards more drought tolerant trees? How are they doing? Then we look across a large climate gradient in those mountains because the, the mountains give you kind of a, a cool or a, a warmer in the lower elevations to a cooler in the higher elevations gradient um, that gives us kind of a nice a nice range of climate. Um, so we're looking at how, how trees are doing at lower elevations versus higher elevations. And there we actually do see um, trees like the ponderosa pine that are a little more drought vulnerable, um, suffering more of these, these water stress um, die-off events. So, so that's being observed out there. And for many people, climate change is something, you know, stressful or overwhelming or even scary to talk about. Although your study found that a majority of forests are not meeting their potential to adapt to a warming earth. I'm wondering on a personal level, how do you feel about these findings and is there hope going forward? Yeah, so um, it is definitely stressful. Uh, it's it's hard to, to study these forests, which are very um, beautiful and cool and, and the organisms being under such pressure. I think there is hope um, in two things in my mind to this question. Uh, one is that that kind of future is in our control. So there's a lot of um, interesting, exciting moves towards lower, lower CO2 emissions and maybe, you know, bending this, this curve of climate change away from the most drastic scenarios. Uh, and the second is that um, as we found in this, this range of species that are in these forests there, that, you know, life in the, the forests and trees and the biosphere have a lot of ability to, um, acclimate and change in response to climate change. And so as much pressure and I think um, as much danger as they're in, the the forests are this like very dynamic set of organisms. And I, I do have hope that they'll find find some ways to continue. And for everyday regular people who care about climate change, what can they take away from these findings and implement in their own lives? Yeah, I think... Um, you know, supporting a, a future of lower carbon emissions is, is the first thing. Um, however, you find ways to do that personally and then then also as kind of a society. Uh, and second is, is um, you know, I, I, I guess paying attention to these forests, watching watching the change, but but also um, appreciating them as they are and understanding they are at risk. So it's it's kind of something to to um, embrace, embrace that their existence, I guess, and, and uh, understand that this is a, a dangerous time.
The study observed forest trait velocities have not kept pace with hydraulic stress from climate change was published on July 8, 2023 in Global Change Biology. Thank you for listening. With KCSV News, I'm Joyce Chi.